This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to episode 14 of the Crystal Pain Show. It's the first episode of 2019. And with this in mind, we're going to be talking about some practical ways to start your new year well, including how choosing a word for the year has really impacted me. I'm going to share tips for making menu planning and dinner prep more streamlined. We'll talk about how to slow down and savor life more. And I'm going to share a book on rest that gave me fresh perspective on what resting truly is. One of the best ways I've discovered to feel more organized and less frazzled in the afternoons and evenings is to have a plan for dinner and have it already made before the kids come home from school. This truly is something that saves my life. Because you see, when they come home, I can just be present with them instead of trying to fix dinner and oversee homework and help kids with projects and get ready for whatever activities we have in the evening. Plus, in addition to feeling like it saves my life, it saves us money because we're not running to the store or running through the drive-thru at 5.30 p.m. at night. I found that the best way to make this happen is to either have dinner already made and just need to be heated up or to put dinner in the crock pot in the morning. I love quick and easy meals that only take minutes to make and can just be pulled out of the freezer and heated up in the Instapot or can just be thrown in the crock pot or the oven. Since it's the beginning of a new year, and I know many of you are hoping to establish some great habits, I wanted to invite you to join me for the Eat at Home Challenge I'll be hosting online beginning January 7th. Not only will this be saving my life, but hopefully it's going to help save your life too. 
I'll be going live on Facebook and Instagram stories each morning making our dinner, showing you simple recipes you can make in the crock pot in just minutes each morning. If you want to join this challenge, just head over to crystalpain.com forward slash eat at home to sign up. And when you sign up, I'll send you an email every day with a link to the details on the recipe I made, the video showing you how to make it, plus some tips and tricks for getting dinner on the table. I hope you can join us. Once again, that's crystalpain.com forward slash eat at home. And of course, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. My book pick for this week is called The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan. I really love this book and actually slowly read it over a month in 2018. I just read a few pages each day because I wanted to savor it and not read through it quickly. I mean, hello, it's a book on rest. I will say that it took me a few chapters to really get into it, and I almost didn't think I would finish it in the beginning since I found it had a pretty slow start. But I'm so glad that I didn't stop after the first chapter or two because so many sections of this book really challenged me in new ways as I thought about what rest truly is and why it's so important in the life of a Christian. Here's a quote from it that I especially loved. One measure for whether or not you're rested enough is to ask yourself, how much do I care about the things I care about? When we lose concern for people, when we cease to laugh when our children laugh and instead yell at them to be quiet, or cease to weep when our spouse weeps and instead wish they didn't get so emotional, when we hear news of trouble among our neighbors and our first thought is that we hope it isn't going to involve us, when we stop caring about what we care about, that's a signal that we're too busy. We have let ourselves be consumed by the things that feed the ego but starve the soul. Such a powerful quote, and I have sat in that and thought about that over and over and over again, and it's just really challenged me to make sure that I'm making rest a priority so that I can be available to others instead of being annoyed because I'm just too busy. So the book again was called The Rest of God, and I'll be sure to link it in the show notes. This episode is sponsored by Twigby, a company that offers amazing deals on phone plans. If you're looking for a great deal on a phone or you want to lower your cell phone bill, you'll definitely want to check them out. There are so many reasons why I recommend Twigby. I love that there's not a contract and there are no activation or termination fees. And of course, I love that it's affordable. Their basic phone plans start as low as, get this, $9 per month. They have a variety of plans, including those that offer unlimited texting and the option to include data. In addition, it's flexible. You can change plans or phones at any time for free. And it's super easy to get started. You don't have to mess with going to a store and picking out a phone plan. You just go to their site, pick your phone plan, and either switch your current phone over or get a new phone, and they get it all set up for you. They have a variety of phones to choose from. You can choose a phone as basic as a flip phone or get something as fancy as an iPhone 7. And coverage is good. We have tried out the Twigby phone service and we're very impressed with how great the coverage was. We never had one time that we had any issues. Twigby customers use not one, but two of the nation's largest networks. So if you want to save money on your cell phone bill, just go to twigby.net forward slash crystal to find out how much you could save. Plus, 
When you go to that link, you'll save an additional 25% off the first six months. So visit twigby.net forward slash crystal to find out more and save. And a big thank you to Twigby for sponsoring today's episode. As I thought about how I wanted to kick off the podcast in 2019, I could think of no better way than to do that by talking to the woman who inspired my word for the year in 2018. Monica Wilkinson is a blogger. She's a mom of three. Um, Her kids are about the same ages as mine, and she's the author of the book, Slow Lane. And it's through her writings on her blog and through her book on the word slow that I was inspired to choose that word as my word of the year for 2018. I'm going to share more about that after her interview, but for now, I'm just so excited to have her on the show, and we're going to talk all about slowing down and why we don't need to be living life at breakneck speed. So welcome to the show, Monica. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. I am just so excited to have this conversation and because I feel like there are so many women that I talk to who they feel so pressured, like they need to be doing more. They need to be more. They need to be figuring out how they can maximize their days better and fit more in. But I love how you intentionally pursue slowing down. It feels so countercultural. And I'd love for you to talk about what has inspired you to make slow one of your guiding words for your life and family. Great. Well, slow is my one of my favorite words. And so I love being able to talk about it. And really where it started is about 10 years ago, my oldest daughter was just getting ready to turn four. And for those of you with kids about that age, you know that when they turn that age, kind of the world of opportunity opens up to them. You start thinking about school, you start being able to participate in like church activities, um, sporting events or music lessons or things like that really open up to children about the age of four. And so our family was kind of facing this, okay, our life is getting ready to change drastically if we don't be proactive. And honestly, I was feeling very overwhelmed before it even started, even just thinking about the idea of her turning four and this whole, you know, just lifestyle Mm -hmm. change. I was feeling overwhelmed beforehand. And so I, I took a day retreat and just kind of got away by myself and really brought it before the Lord. And the word that settled on my heart and mind was this idea of slow. And so I started becoming a student of what this meant, what it could look like. I wanted to process that word, understand it, study it. And from that really came two kinds of slow, the heart behind it, and then our practical like schedule flow. Mm. Okay. So I love that you thought to take this day retreat. I don't think most women would think to do that. We just think, well, I don't know what to do about this. And then you just kind of move on because life is so busy. So what even inspired you to think, I need to step back from all this and I need to take a retreat to really Mm. process this? I think I just know that for myself, I process best in quiet. I don't process in the midst of noise or chaos. I kind of need to pull back a little bit. And so I knew that for myself, even if it was just an hour or two, for me, it worked out to be a day, but I needed to take some time to do that. And it's actually turned into an annual thing where I do it every summer and just get away by myself for one day and just really journal, process, pray, and think through a lot of things going on. And other things have come through that, but slow has been the biggest change. I love that. And I think we would do so well to 
actually put that into practice and to be intentional and to step away from all of the noise to kind of be able to rise above all of that to get some perspective. So you talked about the heart of slow and then practically how you're going to walk that out um, and how you've walked that out. And so I'd love for you to just unpack that. What does the heart of slow look like for you? And then one of the things that I love on your blog is that you have these slow days. So I know that's one way that you walk that out, but I'd love for you to share just some different ways that you have walked that out. Sure. So for the heart of slow, obviously having the daily retreat once a year is one of the things that has been a blessing for me. But in addition, I think it's just a daily choice. Are we starting our day with the Lord and really committing our day to Him and our schedule to Him? Um, Because God cares about even those pieces of our life. And Mm -hmm. so even just that takes five minutes or less, just starting our day right and, and being focused on Him. So to me, that's really the heart of it is just being committed to him and surrendering that to him. And I talk about an acronym in my book for slow. And so sometimes I will, for a practical application, do this and I'll divide my paper into fourths, just draw a line lengthwise each way. And in each quadrant, I'll write one of the letters of the word slow. And then, so the S is for surrender. In that box, I will write down all the things that are weighing on my heart and mind. I'll just pour it all out, dump it out. That's my surrendering to the Lord. And then in L, it's listening. So then I want to sit quietly with him for a few minutes and just really see what are the thoughts or the common themes that he's pressing into my heart and mind and jot those down. And then the O is obedience. Uh, What is a practical application I need to act on? Because one thing slow isn't is lazy. Mm. Slow is not lazy. Slow is, is just a posture, I think, of being intentional and being deliberate and making choices that serve my family and myself and what's best for us. And then the W is worship. So I can take all these things that God has worked in my heart and mind and then just praise him for it. So that's just a really practical way of journaling through it. And that doesn't have to take very long either, but just kind of pause and think through each of those things. And then as far as slow day, Yeah, that really started as a day we would stay at home. We would not schedule outside appointments or activities. It was a day I could really be more intentional about saying yes to things. We may not have time to do other days like have a picnic or play a game or do an art project together. But I think it's important to note that a slow day should serve you. It Mm -hmm. shouldn't be it shouldn't rule you. And Mm. that's something I've had to remind myself of. It's going to be different for every family. And it might even just be a slow hour or a slow morning. It can be whatever you need it to be. But our slow days really became about enjoying simple pleasures, cultivating beauty together and memory making. And as our kids have gotten older, I have kind of wrestled with what slow day should look like. And I think it has really spread out over our week. We still have a day where I try not to schedule outside activities and commitments. And so I consider that our slow day. But I think as they've gotten older and just their schoolwork has increased and things, we have had to just spread it out a little bit more and look at it as more of slow moments that just kind of filter through our lives. I I love that because it really does change as your kids get older. And I feel like you're in a very similar season as I am with, you know, my kids are um, 13, 11, and 9. And it's very different than when they were 7, 5, and 3, you know? (laughs) And so you just have to uh, adapt and change. But that doesn't mean that you have to change your priorities. You just have to sometimes change how it looks. 
And so I know there are probably a lot of women who are listening right now who they would love to slow down, but they're, they're saying this would never work for me. We can't do that. You don't understand. You don't understand everything we have to do. And I just feel like it's not possible. And so I would love mm-hmm. for you to talk to that woman, give her some practical tips and suggestions for the woman who wants to slow down, but she just feels like she can't. Sure. So I like practical things too. And so I, I think one thing that has helped me is to, I don't know if, if anybody's familiar with the fly lady, but I'm really a big fan of hers. And one of her ideas is this home blessing hour. So you take an hour a week and you pick your main tasks and just do it in one hour and really bless your home. And I've tried to take that and apply that in my family as well to what I call family fun hour. So since I have three kids, typically what I'll do is ask them, each if there's something that they want to do that day. And I'll try to spend 20 minutes of time doing each of those three things, all of us together. So for example, we might play a game for 20 minutes, do a craft for 20 minutes, and have a treat and hot tea for 20 minutes or something like that. But now we've spent an hour of really quality time together that hasn't taken, you know, an enormous amount of prep work or follow up or even planning. So that's a great way of incorporating some slow time that doesn't take over. I love incorporating slow in just, again, in small ways, like after my kids, when they were little and they were done with their evening baths, I would just light a candle and read a book aloud and serve milk and a cookie or something Um, that could even take just that's as shorter as long as you want. We go camping together as a family. We make a lot of our fun together at home. And something that I've really been enjoying doing with my kids is starting our mornings out with reading aloud. and then reading a chapter of the Bible aloud, and then singing a hymn together. Mm. And so we start every day like that. And that's just a slow way for all of us together to start the day. But I think too, just prayerfully considering your time commitments, make a list of what it would take for you to not feel rushed or overwhelmed. And then look through that. Is there even one little thing that you could implement now? So going to the grocery store is hard. Could you do grocery pickup or Could you order things through Amazon or, you know, what's one thing you could do that would help slow your time just a little bit. And then after you get that one to be a habit, add another little thing and just kind of, I think it takes time to build those routines and habits. And so look for small ways to do that. And I think too, are we really taking a Sabbath? You know, God is the one who really thought up this whole idea of a slow day and he gave it to us. He worked it in. He took a day of rest. And he worked it into our weekly calendar, so to speak. And so what are we doing with that gift? In my house, we have slow day in addition to the Sabbath. But if you're already feeling overwhelmed, could you take the Sabbath? Could you prioritize your time to make that day intentional and purposeful for rest? And what could you do to bring yourself rest that day? And how would that impact your week? That's so good. And one of the things that I was going to recommend for people is to go check out your blog. It's the homespunheart.blogspot.com. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And so go check out Monica's blog because she does such a great job of taking photos and just kind of bringing you on the journey with them. And every time I go to her blog, I just feel like I've exhaled and I'm just so inspired to slow down, to be intentional, to look for those little moments, to look for beauty in the everyday and to find the slow moments in the middle of my life. So go check out her blog because I think it will really encourage you and give you practical ideas as well. Okay. So we're going to switch gears now and talk about the two questions that I ask all of my guests. And so what are you reading right now, Monica? 
Uh, two things I'm reading right now. One is with my writing group, we're reading Peace Like a River by mm -hmm. Leif Anger. And just really observing all his descriptions that draw us into the setting and how words are used to invite us into that. The second thing I'm reading uh, is for Advent, which is the first songs of Christmas by Nancy DeMoss Walgama. Mm -hmm. And I'm just enjoying getting into the word and looking more at how that applies to my life personally, how meaningful that is this time of year and that sort of thing. So those are my two books. And then what's saving your life right now? This could be a productivity tip or life hack, an app, anything you're implementing that is helping your life be better, easier, or more enjoyable. Yes, I had been thinking about this question. And the thing that came to mind was a actually something a friend gave me. It's a bottle of OxyClean laundry stain remover spray. Um, I know that's random and sounds funny, <laughs> but... <laughs> So we had um, a bunch of teens over recently and a big mug of hot chocolate was spilled on an off-white table runner I had in my living room. And I thought that thing was just lost. I thought there was no way I could get it clean, but I sprayed it all down, let it sit overnight and washed it. And it looks like new. And since then, I have tried it on a host of other things and they have all come out looking brand new again. So that is honestly saving my life right now. Okay. So that is, <laughs> tell me again what it was. OxyClean Laundry Stain Remover Spray. Okay, I've used Shout a lot, but I don't know that I've ever used OxyClean spray. I think I've used, <laughs> don't they have it in the powder form or something? I think I've used they it in do. powder form, but never a spray. So I'm going to have to look at that because I have a son who gets dirt on his khaki pants that he has to wear <laughs> for school every day all the time. And his, mm -hmm. poor, his poor little pants. I'm always just like, I don't know what to do with you, honey. We, we have tried. Yeah, so I'm going to have to try that on the grass stains and the dirt. <laughs> Yes. I mean, pasta sauce, all kinds of stuff we have got, we've had success with. So literally it was just some, somebody was moving and handed me the bottle and now I love it. So that is a fantastic tip. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you just for sharing and for the inspiration that you've been to my life and to so many others' lives. And I hope that this will really help people as they go into 2019 to realize they don't have to live life at a rushed breakneck, crazy pace. You can find those slow moments. You can maybe even implement a slow hour or a slow day, and it really could change your whole life. Yes. It's been a blessing to us, and I hope that it would be a blessing to those who are able to incorporate even just one little thing. So thank you so much, Crystal. You are so welcome. gotten a lot of questions about how to choose a word of the year. So I wanted to close out the show by sharing my thoughts on this. Prior to 2016, I tried to jump on the whole, you know, word of the year bandwagon, but it just never stuck. I would have great ambitions and then I'd quickly fizzle out. Or I wouldn't really define what the word meant and how it was going to shape my goals and my focus for the year. So it was just a good idea that never went anywhere. I thought maybe I'm just not cut out for the whole word of the year thing. Maybe it just doesn't work for my personality or something. That was until I declared 2016 my year of rest. And well, the rest, as they say, is history. I'm not the same person I was when I started 2016. I'm so much calmer, so much less stressed, so much healthier, so much happier, so much more content, and get this, I'm so much more productive because I've learned to invest my life in a few things and do those things well. Before, I had just been chasing hundreds of things and just feeling constantly overwhelmed and exhausted. 
So how was it that I finally was successful at this whole word of the year thing? Well, I believe it was because of three reasons. Number one, I drew a line in the sand. Instead of just thinking that I need to get more organized or sleep less or find a way to use my time more wisely, I realized that I needed to draw a line in the sand and make some major changes in my life. Because truthfully, I didn't love my life at all. And I was so exhausted and overwhelmed and lacking joy that I was just trying to make it through. Secondly, I defined what it would mean. In addition to drawing a line in the sand, I sat down and really defined what it would mean to claim the word rest as my word for the year. It would mean that I would say no to pretty much everything and everyone except the absolute necessity until I found some breathing room in my life. I wanted to actually discover what it would feel like not to constantly be going and going and going and not to always forever be overwhelmed by my to-do list. Third, I declared my intentions publicly. I got brave and I posted publicly, not only that I was going to claim the word rest as my word of the year for 2016, but then I also talked about what that was actually going to mean, how I was going to walk that out in my life. Putting it out there for all the world gave me the courage and accountability to follow through. When I committed to this year of rest in 2016, it gave me the space I needed to untether myself from being chained to a worth based upon productivity, to pry my hands off of my tight grip of trying to control so many things in my life, and to step way back from my usual highly driven task-oriented focus. And it was truly there that a whole new world opened up for me. There was color and life and joy and breathing room. Inspired by that 2016 year of rest success, I chose another word for 2017, and it was the word yes, which might seem like it was kind of the opposite of the word rest, but it wasn't about adding more to my plate. It was about saying yes to more fun and spontaneity and the few things that really matter most and aren't my priorities in the season of life. Walking that word out again was a beautiful experience, and I had so much adventure and fun that year and tried a lot of new things. Last year in 2018, I chose the word, as I told you, slow. Anyone who knows me well knows that the word slow isn't a word that you think of to describe me. I'm someone who is fast. My brain thinks quickly. I make decisions quickly. I respond quickly. I'm a fast reader, a fast eater, a fast walker. As an INTJ Enneagram 8, my brain doesn't slow down much. I don't like to sit still. I get bored very easily. And my definition of a, quote, quiet day is very different than what most people would consider a quiet day. So slow is not my usual pace. But it was so good to make that my focus for 2018, and I learned so much from it. I focused on being slower to speak and slower to react. I tried to stop and really listen to people instead of just jumping into fix-it mode or shutting them down because I didn't like their suggestions or they were taking too long to get to the point. 
I also just became more cognizant of how often I do this. I also set aside one day each week, as Monica and I talked about, a slow day. This was a day where I was mostly offline all the day and just focused on being with people, investing in my local community, hanging out with Jesse and the kids, reading, and just having a slower pace of life. And thirdly, this was a big commitment that I made, and I didn't know if I was going to be able to follow through with it, but I'm happy to say that I actually did for the most part, and that was I didn't read self-help books. Now, it's kind of vague on what the definition would be of a self-help book, and some people called me out throughout the year. They were like, I think that's a self-help book, but if it didn't say self-help on the back as the category that the book was tagged under, and it wasn't a book that was going to make me feel like I needed to do more or be more or that I wasn't doing enough, then I decided that I was not going to call it a self-help book. Let me be clear. There's nothing wrong with self-help books, and I think they can be fantastic. In fact, I've actually written a book that was a self-help book called Say Goodbye to Survival Mode. These books are great when you're in seasons where you need encouragement and motivation and really practical ideas. But I found there's also a point when you've read so many books about time management and home organization and life organization and productivity that you just need to stop reading them and get up and apply what you already know. So instead of reading those self-help books, I read books that help me exhale spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Books like story-driven books, inspirational books, fiction books, and biographies. To be honest, the year wasn't at all as slow as I pictured it would be. But I realized that by intentionally making slow my focus of the year, it caused me to make space in my life for the most important things, people and relationships. And like I've shared on previous podcasts, this has truly changed my life. I will forever be different because of the relationships I've developed and how they have impacted me. I've also loved reading more story-driven books, though I admit I really did miss getting to read some self-help type books, and I'm excited to add some of them back to my reading life in 2019. But it was such a good exercise to just quit self-help books for a year. And most importantly, I felt like having the word slow be my focus challenged me to think about the pace that I live my life typically and really analyze what was serving my family and what wasn't. I'm really excited about the word I chose for 2019, but I'm going to wait to tell you about that until an upcoming episode. If you have chosen a word for 2019, I'd love to hear what it is. Send me an email at crystal at moneysavingmom.com and tell me what word you chose, why you chose it, and I'd love to hear how you plan to practically live it out. If you need some ideas and help for how to do that, stay tuned for next episode. As always, if you have a question on any topic you'd love for me to answer on a future episode, email it to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.